Wisconsin I is so glad that the last time we had a civil dialogue with the two party chairs, they accepted Wisconsin I's challenge to come back one week before the election. So I'm so glad, gentlemen. So let me introduce you. Uh, Andrew Hitt wearing the red trunks from Appleton, Wisconsin, the state Republican Party. Oh, am I getting a little carried away? State Republican Party chair, Ben Wickler wearing the blue trunks from Madison, Wisconsin, state Democratic chair. Okay, that's enough of the world wrestling. <laughs> Hey, thanks, guys. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, okay, opening remarks. I'm going to flip a coin. Andrew, you're guys the incumbent. You call it. Uh, tails. Tails. Okay, Ben, you win. Do you want to give the opening statement, or do you want him to go first? Uh, why don't you go first, Andrew? Okay, okay. Andrew, <laughs> here's a question. Why is President Trump better for Wisconsin, the economy, manufacturing, and our farmers? Go. So I think that's a pretty simple answer. It's really uh, the USMCA. The president looked at NAFTA, looked at the uh, poor, the ill effects that it had on Wisconsin and on America throughout the throughout the years and the job losses that it led to, and said there's got to be a better way. And so he put forward the USMCA. Uh, thankfully, uh, after a year of delay by Nancy Pelosi, uh, we were able to get that passed. Um, it is opening up new markets to farmers here in Wisconsin, which with commodity prices, you know, stagnant or even declining in some, in some cases uh, over the years, new markets is really important for our farmers. It also is going to bring back uh, manufacturing jobs. Those are jobs that Obama said were dead and gone and were never going to come back. Um, this USMCA really brings new hope uh, for both manufacturers and farmers uh, here in Wisconsin. Thanks. Ben, your response, please. Donald Trump has fundamentally failed Wisconsin, and all you have to do is look around Wisconsin to see what that's meant for families. He promised so much when he was here in 2016, and then he broke those promises. And we've had record farm bankruptcies. We've had manufacturing jobs flee the, flee the state, uh, plants close. Uh, and fundamentally, we have this massive pandemic that Trump not only has no plan to address, that his own White House is saying that they're not going to control, that he intentionally downplayed while warning big investors that it was time to sell off their stocks. Until we curb this virus, we're not going to have the kind of economy that Wisconsinites deserve. And that's true in cities and in suburbs and in rural areas alike. The president had his 3 a.m. moment. He got that call, a massive pandemic, and he totally whiffed the test. Now he's pretending like it's not even happening. We need new leadership because we can't take four more years of failed management in a national crisis. We've got to control the virus, get the economy back on track, get kids back into schools, and build the kind of Wisconsin that everyone deserves to live in. I really want to thank both of you. This is truly a civil dialogue. But now, Andrew, I want to come back on COVID. The chief of staff said, we're not going to control it. The president then said, yes, we are. Talk to me about why President Trump would be best to bring under control Wisconsin's COVID surge, please. Well, I think first we got to talk about a couple of realities here. 
we look to what's happening in Europe. Uh, cases are spiking across Europe. Uh, France uh, is breaking records for cases. We see uh, you know, renewed restrictions in both Spain and Italy and other countries across Europe. Uh, so we know that there's a lot of this virus that is this virus, and it is, it is working its way um, really through and across this country and across the world. I think the president has uh, pushed really for a vaccine, and I think that really is one of the things that is going to eventually get this virus contained and under control, along with some of the therapeutics that they've been pushing through as well. So it is really uh, this opportunity for a vaccine that's going to help get this under control. Dr. Fauci was uh, doing an interview this weekend and uh, suggested that we should hopefully have a vaccine by December. So I think that brings a lot of hope uh, to all of us. We all want to get back uh, to you know the lives that we had before. We want our kids in school. We have to have that. Joe Biden continues, I think, to play politics with this. He continues to um, talk about how on day one he's going to put together this plan and um, change the, dramatically the course of this virus. I think the reality is uh, that's just politics talking. And if Joe Biden has such a wonderful plan and a wonderful idea, then by all means, why isn't he sharing it now uh, so that we can make sure that we reduce the amount of virus and or reduce the amount of deaths today? Why are we waiting for some magical day in January? Ben, you brought up COVID, so I'm going to give you 30 seconds to respond just on COVID, please. Absolutely. Uh, Joe Biden's plan has been eminently clear. It starts with the vaccine we've already got, which is called masks. Masks, testing, tracing, containing the virus that we have now. And then when we get medical breakthroughs, great, we will add those to the mix. What Donald Trump has done consistently is given people bad medical advice and ignored the experts and doctors and scientists. We have more than 200,000 people nationally, more than 1,500 in Wisconsin who have lost their lives, families that are grieving, people in the hospital right now. It didn't have to be this bad. And in fact, if you look around the world, uh, other uh, wealthy countries like the United States, it has not been this bad. Everyone is working to control their surge. There's a reason why the United States is doing so badly compared to every other country. And it comes down to leadership. We need a leader who knows how to work with experts to get things done. And that's what we'll get with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Okay, new subject. Uh, the president was in uh, Waukesha on Saturday. He's in West Salem and Mr. Hitt is on his way there right now. Uh, Mr. Biden's going to return on Friday. My question is, and it goes to Ben first, does your candidate, does Mr. Biden have to win Wisconsin to be president? Ben. At this point, Joe Biden has multiple paths to 270 electoral college votes. My favorite paths all involve winning Wisconsin. And I am confident as we go into the stretch that Wisconsinites have, have rejected Donald Trump's failed leadership at this point and are pulling for something new. Donald Trump does not have a path to win unless he wins Wisconsin, which makes it weird that he's pulled most of his money out of the state. He's no longer funding the kinds of TV ads that you'd expect to see. He's down on digital ads that supposedly the Trump campaign's strong suit. He's still traveling here and holding super spreader rallies, but he's not actually investing in a way that suggests he cares about Wisconsinites' votes, uh, which is frankly puzzling to me. Um, Joe Biden's doing the opposite. We are coming with everything we've got in the home stretch, and that's part of where the wind in our sails is coming from. Well, follow up. What are you doing? What's your party doing differently in 2016 when you lost by about 23,000 votes? Sir, go. 
In 2016, the, the first Hillary Clinton TV ad was the week of October 28th. The organizing team was built starting in the summer. This time, we'll have 44 months of continuous organizing under our belt in rural communities, in suburbs, and in cities alike. Uh, we've the, the, the Biden team has been outspending the Trump team something like two to one. And the massive volunteer flood of energy allows us to reach out and, and talk to folks that Democrats haven't always talked to in each election cycle. We're finding people are ready for change. They're hungry for it. And you can see that in the flood of votes that have already come in with vote by mail and early voting in person, building up a lead that whatever final stretch surprises Trump has in store for us can't mess with because those ballots have been cast. Andrew, thanks for your patience. The president here twice in one week, week his son here, uh, the vice president and Mrs. Pence coming here. Um, can Mr. Trump win if he doesn't repeat a win in Wisconsin, sir? Uh, the president will win Wisconsin and uh, spending liberal elites money like George Soros and Hollywood elites money is not what I would call connecting with Wisconsinites. It's not what I would call showing that you care about Wisconsinites. Caring about them, showing that you care is talking to them about issues that they care about, spending the time here, not just uh, a couple of token visits along the way here uh, in a hypocritical fashion. I still don't know why Joe Biden was able to come to Kenosha two weeks before it was no, it was not safe to come to Milwaukee uh, because of COVID. Uh, the president is going to win in Wisconsin. The reason he's going to win is because we have by far the superior ground game. No doubt Joe Biden is spending more money. He's got more money to spend on ads because he has no ground game uh, here in Wisconsin. The Democrats are up in the cloud. We're down here on the ground knocking on doors. Uh, we've had over 12 million voter contacts, 10 million calls, 2 million doors knocked on by Republican volunteers this cycle. The energy uh, in Wisconsin is huge. We also have multiple pathways uh, to, to the presidency, including pathways through Pennsylvania and Michigan uh, and Minnesota, New Hampshire, Arizona, and Nevada. So there are multiple pathways for this president. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting week here to go uh, as we as we look to put the president over the top right here in Wisconsin. At a, Andrew, follow up. At a recent uh, appearance, uh, the, the president said, suburban women, you should love me. Does the President Trump have a big problem with suburban wi women in the state of Wisconsin, sir? So all across this country, we have seen this shift um, in suburban areas uh, since, you know, I think since 2016. Uh, that shift, uh, I think, is uh, while still there, uh, it is being minimized. It's being minimized through the activity that we are doing in those areas, knocking on doors, reaching out to voters through phone calls, through text messages. Uh, and it's also through having the right message. Uh, one, talking about public safety, two, talking about taxes, uh, and three, talking about health care. This president has actually reduced the cost of prescription drugs. Uh, president Obama uh, and Joe Biden wanted to do something for health care. Instead, they came up with Obamacare, which uh, reduced uh, people's access to care. Um, in some instances, uh, forced people to change their doctors uh, through reimportation, through um, making sure that we're no longer subsidizing the prescription drug costs of other countries. We're not paying more so other countries can pay less. Uh, we have 
three good issues to talk to people about. I think it's most important to talk to people about issues that they care about, that are meaningful to them, and that's what we're doing in these areas. Ben, why should suburban women in Wisconsin vote for uh, Vice President Biden? I mean, if you look at what Trump does when he comes to Wisconsin, he comes to hear himself talk and hear the crowds applaud for him. Joe Biden comes to Wisconsin to listen. And that's the fundamental difference between these candidates, and it's how differently they would govern. I mean, I'm glad that Andrew brought up healthcare because if you listen to, to women across Wisconsin, uh, as well as to men, they will tell you that they are scared that Trump's Supreme Court picks are going to take away the protections for pre-existing conditions that they rely on. Uh, and that is something Trump has said over and over that he wants. He wants the entire Affordable Care Act to be ripped away. Uh, this is a moment when we need more healthcare, more protections not less. Uh, anyone who buys prescription drugs can see that the prices have gone up and up. Trump has totally broken his promise to actually uh, face down the prescription drug industry. That's something that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are ready to do. Uh, it's, it doesn't work to have Trump come and tell women that they should love him. That's, that's the whole problem. You actually have to earn people's trust by keeping your word and working on the issues that affect their lives. And right now, this pandemic is creating chaos in our economy, in every family's life, and this fundamental threat to our own health. This is why healthcare is so important right now. And if you want leadership that is responsive to the concerns of po people who were not handed everything at birth, but rather people who are working for a living and uh, trying to navigate a country that is very complicated to deal with right now, that's who you want. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, uh, not Donald Trump, who inherited everything and acted like he hit a home run. Ben, do you trust the latest UW poll that's showing Mr. Biden up by nine? And the context, of course, is polls before 2016 showed Hillary up. Do you trust uh, that, that Mr. Biden's up by nine? Anyone who doesn't want four more years of the chaos that we're in right now should treat this election as essentially tied. This is a moment to pour yourself in to, to voting, to recruiting people to vote, to calling friends, to doing everything in your power to make sure that we don't get another four years of Trumpian chaos and instead send Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to the White House. And it's because Democrats are treating this election that way, instead of reading the polls in order to reassure them, that I'm confident that we are on our path to victory. Uh, this is an all hands on deck moment and we are gonna race through the tape. Andrew, your reaction to the latest UW poll showing Mr. Biden up by nine? Look, uh, I am traveling uh, all over the state today. I'm at Black River Falls. This is Trump country uh, here in uh, the third and the seventh congressional district right on the line. Um, there is enthusiasm all over the state. Joe Biden uh, having 20 people come sit around a uh, backyard is not what I would call listening to Wisconsinites. Uh, on the other hand, President Trump uh, has so much excitement that 15,000 people came to Waukesha to hear him speak. That is excitement. That is enthusiasm. Uh, ben is right. They should treat this race like it's tied because it actually is tied. And as we go down the stretch here, uh, ground game matters. And the Trump team has the more most uh, sophisticated, phenomenal ground game. That's why the president's going to win on November 3rd. Follow up. Uh, I'm sorry. A, a new subject for you, Andrew. A staggering that the today's number from the Wisconsin Elections Commission: 1.771 million ballots returned, both absentee and in person. That's 45 percent of the 2016 vote for president. What are the implications of that for your party? Are you optimistic? 
or do you believe the uh, the the polls that suggest that Dems vote early and your party members are more likely to vote on election day? So talk to me about the impact of the absentee ballots, please. Sure. Um, it's definitely true that uh, historically Republicans here in Wisconsin vote on election day. Uh, Democrats are more uh, open to uh, voting uh, via absentee or in person. What we're seeing here is more Republicans taking advantage of uh, especially in-person absentee voting or in-person early vote. Uh, so this, the number of absentee and early vote that we're seeing pretty consistent with where I would think it would be. Uh, you know, I think it'll go a little bit higher this week um, and certainly be, uh, you know, over 50% of the electorate is going to cast their vote this way. Uh, I think that's a good thing. We've been pushing people, reminding people like you can vote three ways. You can vote in person, you can vote in person absentee, uh, or you can vote uh, through absentee, but please do it early and make sure you're tracking your ballot on myvote.wi.gov. Well, is it no longer true that um, the absentee voters favors Democrats in this election cycle, Andrew? No, I would say that's still true. There are still going to be more Democrats, uh, no doubt, who vote early and absentee than Republicans. But we will have seen more Republicans taking advantage of early voting this cycle than probably we've ever had before. Okay, thank you. Ben, um, the 1.771 million ballots, both absentee and in person, is, uh, how, how, big, how big an advantage is that for, for, for your party, sir? It's a major advantage, and it reflects a fundamental difference in strategy. For Democrats, we are campaigning like there's a pandemic going on. So we're organizing virtually to help people cast ballots in the way that they're most comfortable with. There are these three great options. Right now, you can turn in your absentee ballot at a Dropbox or at a clerk's office. You can early vote in person. You can go and vote on election day at your local precinct. Uh, the Republican Party is campaigning as though there is no pandemic. And, you know, Andrew's just talking about the size of these enormous crowds that, that came out to see Donald Trump. Um, that uh, they're certainly fans of, of Donald Trump. They're also uh, having large group gatherings in the middle of an explosive lethal pandemic that is flooding Wisconsin hospitals. And that's a deliberate strategy that the Trump campaign is using in this moment. Uh, we are doing things differently because this is a different year. And the effect of it is that the the ups and downs of the news cycle, the, the wild things that happen in these final weeks, uh, they don't affect votes that are already cast. People have made their decision and they're getting their ballots in. And that allows us at the, at the Democratic Party and with the Biden campaign to focus in on a smaller and smaller number of voters that we have to turn out because so many of our voters have already cast their ballots. That gives us an extra lift as we go into the final stretch that's unavailable to the GOP campaigns. Ben, a few days ago, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Pennsylvania absentee ballots can be counted through uh, 8 p.m. Friday, October 6th. Yesterday, the same Supreme Court 5-3, Wisconsin absentee ballots must be in the hands of local clerks by 8 p.m. on election night. Uh, is that a disadvantage for your, your, your party? You know, the, the United States Supreme Court had an opportunity to stand on the side of expanding democracy, responding to these conditions, and it failed that test. But we saw this coming. So we actually have been executing a plan based on the likelihood that the Supreme Court uh, would go the wrong way on that decision. And our message to Wisconsin voters is to get your absentee ballots in 
now. Don't wait. Don't wait for the deadline. The deadline is 8 p.m. on November 3rd, but get them in today. There's there's no reason to delay. And that has been part of why these numbers have been so eye-popping of absentee ballots that have come in, because we are in touch with all the folks that are holding those absentee ballots right now to make sure they get them turned in successfully before Election Day. This is uh, nothing has changed in terms of the rules that were in effect before the Supreme Court ruling. There was already a stay on this measure. Um, we could have had overtime if they'd made the right decision. I think the Supreme Court's arguments are kind of incoherent, as the dissents pointed out. Uh, but nonetheless, this was something we were ready for, and we are executing a huge voter education push in these final seven days to make sure those ballots get in, get counted, and determine the next leader of the United States of America. Andrew, why did your party have such a big problem with Judge Connolly's initial order? Absentee ballots, if postmarked on November 3, could be counted by 8 p.m. on, on November 9, please. Uh, well, uh, to take a phrase from Ben there, there is no overtime in Wisconsin election laws uh, when it comes to voting. That doesn't exist. Uh, we do not want to see laws changed, rules changed, new processes on the eve of an election uh, long, long precedent, decades old precedent in the United States says we don't change the election laws on the eve of an election. Had we gone forward with uh, the, the, the proposal, I guess you would say, that the Democrats put forward, we most likely would have had Florida 2000 here in Wisconsin. That's because on uh, the ballots that would come in after election day, for example, on, uh, they would come in on Wednesday. They would, some of them would not have a postmark. Some of them would not have a postmark that could be read. Believe it or not, some of them would have a stamp that is not the approved postmark stamp. In all of those cases, uh, do those ballots count? Uh, I don't know. The courts would have to decide. Those decisions get harder and harder as you get to Thursday. Uh, was that in the mail by Tuesday? We don't know. Our system wasn't set up for it. It will erode the integrity of the election, the confidence in the election. Uh, we have plenty of time to prepare for this election. I think we need to focus on making sure both parties, we're all doing everything we can to encourage people to get their ballot in and get it in early. Uh, Follow-up question for both of you. Yesterday in a petition before the Supreme Court, the clerks of Calumet and, and Outagamie County said, Supreme Court, we need directions on how to count 13,300 votes, which the petition they filed said could be critical given how close Wisconsin is. Um, Andrew, did, does the Republican Party uh, have a problem with the solution proposed by those two clerks where they fill in the little spot that lets those ballots be cast? Or... Do you want all those ballots hand, hand cast? So what we really want, I'm, I'm sure Ben wants the same, we want to make sure that every vote is, that was cast is counted. Um, I, would, I would really defer to the experts on this who, um, who believe that if you, if you make that mark, it will be able to go through the machine. That's probably a better idea than hand counting, although I would hope that there are some controls we, I'm sure both Ben and I will make sure that we have observers there, make sure that we have attorneys standing by. Uh, it's a real issue, but it's an issue that is workable and solvable. And that's what you're seeing occur through this process. I think everybody just wants to make sure that the process that is chosen is one that is 
really blessed by the courts so we don't have post-election litigation. Uh, ben, same question. Are you satisfied if the court orders that if these two local cl clerks fill in this one little spot on 13,300 ballots, do you have a problem with that? Does, de does your Democratic Party have a problem with that? The fundamental thing, just as Andrew said, is that every ballot is counted. And having observers there, um, you know, doing a process to make sure the ballots can be read, that, that works. And we'll be able to double check that all those ballots are tallied appropriately. I think the striking thing that's so different from this spring is the work that municipal officials have done across the state, the work of both parties to recruit observers is gonna make this election safer and more secure and more clear than any election in memory. We now have, you know, absentee ballots are all paper ballots. It is eminently clear. Uh, you know, if God forbid there's a, a recount in some you know, local uh, uh, county clerk race or something like that, we'll be able to pick up those ballots and see exactly who people voted for. This is a race where voters have the decision. And I want every voter to know that you have this superpower in the form of your ballot. And there are so many people dedicated to making sure that your voice is heard and every ballot is tallied and that the public decides who's gonna be the next president of the United States. Ben, when do you think we will have a conclusive, we'll be able to make a conclusive call in Wisconsin, both votes cast in person and absentees? Uh, November 4, November 5, when, when do you think we will have a total? There are so many uh, cities, municipalities, smaller towns that are preparing to pull out all the stops to make sure that there's a swift and accurate count. I, the faster it is, the happier I'll be. The most fundamental and important thing is to make sure that every vote is properly counted. And I also want to underscore, uh, there's not just a presidential race, although the, the world will be focused on what happens in Wisconsin. There are state legislative races. There are county office, you know, county register of deeds races. Uh, I'm excited about Connie Cobb Madsen in Racine County. Um, these are races where uh, the number of votes is much smaller. And so every vote really, really, really does have an impact. So getting this right is the number one thing. And I want everyone to be clear that the, the, the fundamental goal is to tally every vote, make sure we've, we've, we've nailed that count, and then figure out who's won the elections. Same question, Andrew. When do you think we will have a definitive total both parties can trust of who wins Wisconsin? Well, the Milwaukee Elections Commission uh, executive director has said Milwaukee should be done counting around 2 or 3 a.m. I think probably by about breakfast time, we will have the results here in Wisconsin. I would be very surprised if that went to lunchtime on November 4th. So I think we'll have results um, you know, pretty efficiently. Our clerks uh, and all the election officials across the state have done a phenomenal job, just as they did on April 7th. It was really just uh, two, two failed leaders in Milwaukee and Green Bay that uh, put a stain on Wisconsin and allowed national media to highlight lines that actually didn't exist anywhere and existed only because of those failed locals uh, making, you know, really poor decisions. Um, Andrew, Ben alluded to the race for the legislature. Um, a, a couple of weeks ago, Speaker Voss said it didn't look like your party is going to get a veto-proof majority in both Assembly and Senate. Is that still the case? Do you believe that that veto-proof veto majority is now out of reach, sir? That was always going to be a significant uphill battle. Uh, we already have historic numbers in the Wisconsin Assembly. Uh, so increasing that, going on offense uh, in certain districts while playing defense on other districts, you know, with every uh, assembly seat up, 
it was a tall order. I think uh, we're going to continue to run uh, across the finish line. Uh, I think a lot of these uh, races that are close will depend a little bit on how well the president does in those areas. So we'll know on election day, we're going to keep working at it, keep working hard. Uh, but that is has always been a tall order and it will continue to be a tall order. Uh, ben, two questions. Are you satisfied that the Republicans will not have a veto-proof majority in both houses? Number one, that's first question. Second question, do you believe your party is going to pick up seats in both houses? Well, the, the two questions converge. Uh, Republicans have been trying, seeking, pitching to their donors, pitching to lobbyists that they are trying to grab a veto-proof supermajority uh, so that they can do even more damage, frankly, to this state. Um, we have been on offense in a partnership with Governor Evers, with our legislative caucuses, and I feel uh, very good about holding off Republican supermajorities. And I do think there will be some surprising uh, potential races that I have an eye on on Election Day. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to uh, throw out a specific number or specific districts. I will say that there are amazing candidates who have tremendous support from their community in every corner of the state running for state legislative seats. And I am cheering for them as they run through the tape. Uh, the, the specter of Republicans getting control so they could re-gerrymander the state for another decade. Um, I think if everyone treats these races as a absolute must win, um, then we're going to be able to, to fend off that disaster scenario and hopefully uh, have even better news for Democrats once the, once the votes are tallied. Okay, I want, to respect your, uh, I want to respect your time, so I'm going to offer closing arguments. Um, ben, you won the toss and opted for uh, Andrew to go first, so I'm going to switch that around. Closing statement, Mr. Wickler. I think any Wisconsinite can ask themselves right now, are you better off than you were four years ago? And frankly, unless you're in the wealthiest fraction of the top 1% and have seen your stock portfolio explode, this pandemic, the fundamental mishandling of this pandemic intentionally by a president who downplayed the risk publicly and then warned investors that they could sell off their stocks, uh, this president's handling of this crisis has made us worse off. Um, grandparents can't hug their grandkids. Uh, parents don't know what to do trying to work from home and send their kids from school or even trying to work in essential worker jobs and keep their kids safe during the day. This is so hard for so many people and it doesn't have to be this bad. When you think about the threats to our healthcare and pre-existing conditions, when you think about what's happened to our jobs, working less hours, people being laid off, small businesses shuttering, farms selling their herds, it doesn't have to be like this. And we have with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris proven steady leadership that listens, that knows that they don't have all the answers so they actually trust and listen to experts and scientists and the people who are affected by issues and get things right. We can build back better in Wisconsin and Wisconsinites deserve to have this state build back better. Let's get out there. Let's cast as many votes as we can, as fast as we can, organize our friends and neighbors. Let's vote for change. Let's elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Final word, Andrew Hitt, please. So Gallup just released a poll not too long ago with 56% of people saying that they're better off than they were four years ago. That certainly is not the uh, elite unless we're uh, describing the uh, the elite category a little bit differently than than what I've heard before. 56% of people believe that they're better off. If we look uh, here at Wisconsin, this president has delivered over and over for Wisconsinites, bringing back manufacturing jobs, 
uh, a record economy with record low unemployment. We saw record low unemployment in the black and the Hispanic communities. Uh, this president has delivered on his promise to put forward uh, conservative judges and justices. That was a huge issue in the 2016 election. It is just another one of those promises that the president made and kept. And in fact, the president has over-delivered on what he has done. He has done uh, more than he, he said he would do. And quite frankly, that's unusual for a politician to do. I would also just say that in this time, we have a significant concern now around Wisconsin, around the country with public safety. This president has met that challenge. He, we saw it firsthand here in Kenosha when instead of trying to calm the situation, instead of trying to bring um, calm to it and bring support and relief and uh, ensure safety, Governor Evers actually released a statement basically encouraging violence. And we saw that violence spiral out of control. It was President Trump that reached uh, out and said, please let us help. Let us send National Guardsmen from other states. Let us send federal resources. Uh, we know it was the right answer because eventually Governor Evers relinquished and he treated Wauwatosa differently. My guess is because his poll numbers suggested uh, that he treated Wauwatosa differently, even though we still saw uh, quite a bit of uh, violence and um, you know unfortunate circumstances unfold in that area. This president uh, believes in America. He believes in Wisconsin. He believes in freedom and economic opportunity for everybody. Unlike the 2020 Democrats who want to move us away from freedom to a more government-controlled, government-centered, democratic socialism or socialist type country. That's not what Americans want. That's not what Wisconsinites want. And that will be clear on November 3rd when not only Wisconsin, but the, the entire country reelects this president. A very, very important civil dialogue one week before the presidential election. I want to thank Andrew Hitt, state Republican Party chairman, and Ben Wickler, state Democratic Party chairman. Gentlemen, uh, I know you've uh, got a few things other on, on your plate today, so thank you very much for a very important civil dialogue. Take care thank and you. stay safe. Thank you. This program is a production of Wisconsin Eye, an independent, nonpartisan, nonprofit media network with a mission to inform, educate, and engage the citizens of Wisconsin. Wisconsin Eye is the nation's first and only independently funded state civics broadcast network, providing gavel-to-gavel -gavel access to government proceedings and events at the state capitol.